0: Seattle Opera Podcast. Hi, podcast listeners and opera lovers. This is Jonathan Dean, Seattle Opera Dramaturg and worshiper of Giuseppe Verdi, here today to give you a quick intro to Rigoletto. Please subscribe to our Seattle Opera Podcast and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You all know music from Rigoletto. Rigoletto is one of the greatest operas ever written. As a composition, it's perfect. And it's so accessible that even little kids can find something compelling and meaningful in it. I'm living proof of that because I first became completely obsessed with Rigoletto when I was eight or nine. I suppose... What originally attracted me were the melodies. This opera is a never-ending parade of catchy tunes. There's the very first number. And then the second one. Here's the lively happy dance Rigoletto does when he comes home after a hard day's work at the palace, and it's time for Daddy Daughter Day. Beloved soprano aria, Caro Nome, is music for an extremely shy and sheltered teenage girl drawing hearts around the name of the boy she has a crush on in her notebook. And here's a chorus of drunken frat boy dudes staggering across the street where they're planning an extremely vicious prank in the middle of the night. We love the lacrimose lament of the court jester concealing murderous rage beneath what's supposed to be perceived as self-dramatizing pathos. Let's not forget the sexy dance tune sung by the rich and attractive playboy who sings like a preening bird to attract a partner and make her want to mate with him. Bella When I was a little kid, I suppose I was also just socially sophisticated enough to understand that there was something dangerous and illicit and excruciatingly awkward and painful, but also real and therefore really important about the drama, the tragedy, at the center of Rigoletto. It's accessible to kids because it's playground politics— Teasing and Bullying and Puffing Yourself Up by Putting Others Down, an opera about vicious social hierarchy, and it's an opera about how destructive it is to split your life into shards, to become person A when you're with these people, but person B when you're with those people. Rigoletto started life as a play so politically liberal it was considered revolutionary propaganda and banned. The liberal politics become less central in the opera, but the sexual politics are even more clear. Rigoletto is an unbelievably brilliant, scathing tragedy about sexual politics. It's the tragedy of a society where men are given one set of instructions and women another. A society that encourages female chastity and male promiscuity. Where people say with a wink, boys will be boys, but punish girls for cooperating with such boys. Our central character, Rigoletto, embodies this society. He's an older guy, tutor to a young man and father to a young woman. He has this very tender, sweet relationship with his daughter. She's the apple of his eye, and he keeps her imprisoned in a sort of Rapunzel tower, so she'll always be chaste and sweet an embodiment for him of purity and love But there's another side to Rigoletto. His name means little snicker, this kind of thing. (laughs) And in his professional life, he's the court jester to this licentious young aristocrat. Rigoletto is paid to encourage the lad's wicked, wicked ways by helping him figure out how he can have any woman he desires and then, as jester, savagely belittling and ridiculing anyone who objects. Here's Rigoletto, for instance, making fun of an old man who dares complain when Rigoletto's duke ruins his daughter. Rigoletto is someone who tries to have his cake and eat it too. He makes his living encouraging loose morals, normalizing and peddling promiscuity, and somehow he thinks he can keep his home life free of it. Reminds me of a recent article about Silicon Valley execs who forbid their children to use the very devices and programs they're getting rich designing and selling. Rigoletto has this sheltered daughter, our soprano, Gilda, who's almost too good to be true. And his worst nightmare would be for her to meet the Duke, this attractive young rake whose vitality and exuberance are such that no woman can resist him. So, of course, that's exactly what happens. The Duke falls for Jilda and seduces her, aided and abetted by Rigoletto, who thinks another young woman is the target. The first part of the plot is about Rigoletto's two lives connecting despite his attempts to keep them apart. They meet, and the one destroys the other. And the second part of the plot concerns Rigoletto's attempted vengeance, which backfires horribly. In one of the most evocative scenes in any Verdi opera, Rigoletto meets a killer for hire, Sparofucile. Not only is he a deep bass, his slithery conversation is accompanied by muted double bass, cello, and bassoon as he and Rigoletto plot and conspire in sewers and shadows. It's absolutely film noir music, a creepy duet for two low voices. E voglio, e in casa, è facile. Aiutami, sorella, perdi il tango, è bella. Chi voglia tira, e allora. So, Rigoletto hires Parfucile to off the Duke as vengeance for ruining Rigoletto's daughter, the way he has ruined so many young women. Rigoletto's oath of vengeance is absolutely thrilling. <laughs> But his vengeance doesn't work either, because his daughter figures out what's going on and chooses to sacrifice her own life to save that of the Duke. Her gesture is suicide and martyrdom, but it's also the only way she'll ever be free of the cage in which her father keeps her, the impossible situation created by this oppressively patriarchal society. Rigoletto's plot is romantic melodrama par excellence, stylized, exaggerated, hinging on unlikely coincidences. That's what makes it both wildly entertaining and clear in its social criticism. But ultimately, Verdi was not a social critic. His job was to depict humanity on stage, human beings in all their shapes and sizes and contradictions and possibilities. Verdi succeeded fantastically with Rigoletto, who's a character worthy of Verdi's idol and role model, Shakespeare. One of the things that's amazing about Shakespeare is how his plays, his characters really, have conquered the globe, translated into every language imaginable. That's true of Verdi as well. I've been writing the supertitles, that is the translations projected above the stage, at Seattle Opera for several decades now, and I always feel a bit superfluous when we're doing Verdi. His operas became huge worldwide hits long before supertitles because their human richness lives in the music. It's not that the words aren't important or well-written, it's that the music communicates the characters completely. The words are nice to have, not need to have. Here's a marvelous example, the Rigoletto Quartet. Four people are on stage. The Duke is putting the moves on Maddalena Sparafucile's slutty mezzo-soprano sister. Rigoletto, hoping to break his daughter Gilda's heart and kill off any affection she still carries for the Duke brings Gilda to where she can spy on the Duke and Maddalena through a chink in the wall of a skeezy dive bar. I've already played you the Duke's sweet bird song of love, his mating call, which gets this quartet going. Listen for the character in the music as the other voices layer in one after the other. Maddalena, the mezzo, giggles musically. Oh, you, you say that to all the girls. Gilda, the soprano, wails. Ah, that's what he said to me. And Rigoletto, the baritone, grumbles. Quiet, don't waste your tears. You will be avenged. i That's humanity, human character transformed by Verdi's genius into terrific music. Thanks for listening to our Rigoletto 101 podcast. The Seattle Opera podcast is a co-production of Seattle Opera and King FM. Find more episodes at your favorite podcast provider or at seattleopera.org or king.org. Musical examples drawn from Seattle Opera's 2014 and 2004 archival recordings of Rigoletto, starring Francesco de Moro and Frank Lopardo as the Duke, Jennifer Zetlin and Nora Anselm as Gilda, Hyung yeon Kim Josephson, and Marco Vertuña as Rigoletto, Andrea Silvestrelli as Sparofucile, Sarah Larson as Maddalena, and the Chorus and Orchestra of Seattle Opera, conducted in 2004 by Eduardo Miller, and in 2014 by Riccardo Fritza excerpt from The Quartet, recorded at Meany Hall in 2013 at the Seattle Opera Young Artists Program Viva Verdi concert, with Theo Lipo as the Duke, Deborah Nanstiel as Maddalena, Dana Pont as Gilda, and Hunter Enoch as Rigoletto, conducted by Brian Garman.